When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. In the spring of 2020, Ash Gutierrez was a 15-year-old kid attending school via Zoom classes from his bedroom in Hendersonville, North Carolina, population 13,000. In the 18 months since, he's released two EPs as Glaive, amassed millions of plays on SoundCloud, and signed a deal with Interscope Records. He's traveled to Los Angeles to record with Travis Barker and Nick Mira, been boosted by Lana Del Rey on Instagram, and become the de facto prince of the hyperpop scene, even if his music reaches beyond such straightforward genre conventions. What's most impressive, though, is how quickly he's grown as a songwriter and musician. His new EP, All Dogs Go to Heaven, is hooky but deft, a project that pulls from Midwest emo, arena pop, and SoundCloud rap. It features a frantic acoustic guitar-led song about romantic frustration and a soaring ballad about human imperfections. Gutierrez himself might put that down to his ADD, but either way it's thrilling to think about where he might go from here. Given that he witnessed his first concert a few weeks ago and played his own first show the day after, it's clear that Gutierrez is still getting to grips with that himself. It'll be even tougher to do when he goes back to school in person in Hendersonville again next week. Earlier this week, I caught up with Glaive to talk about his unexpected rise to fame through lockdown, the way his process has changed as he's gone from his bedroom in North Carolina to studios in LA, and his mum's favourite song on All Dogs Go to Heaven. Where are you right now? I am in Los Angeles. Well, like right now, right now, I'm in a living room. Uh, but normally I'd be in North Carolina, but I'm in LA for my, like, you know, stuff came out. I was like, shit, let's do this. I'm rehearsing for other stuff. So LA is the best place to be, but I go back uh, pretty soon. Who are you with in LA? Uh, right now I'm at my manager's house, but I'm staying at an Airbnb, like sleeping at an Airbnb with another artist named Eric DOA. And uh, it's been super fun. So yeah, but right now at my manager's house. Must be fun to uh, be roommates with Eric again. Yeah, I love that guy. Like, I wake up and I leave because I wake up at like 8 o'clock. Those motherfuckers wake up at like 1 o'clock. So I'm already gone for. So I see them like every night. It's super cool. They're wonderful uh, people. And yeah, it's been super fun. <laughs> this is your second time in LA? It is my second time in LA. Yes, yes, yes. So first time you were around, you were recording with like Travis Barker, Nick, people like that. What was that, a few months ago now? Yeah, that was like before summer so that was like three four months ago coming from hendersonville it sounded like that was a pretty crazy experience for you like getting to see a lot of people and a lot of things for the first time like going into big studios and really working on stuff does it feel different now it's still pretty crazy every time the first time obviously was nuts like that was like when i was first ever meeting people in real life but I'd say this trip has been crazier. Everything has just been a little, like, bigger, I suppose. <laughs> LA is, like, the polar opposite of my hometown. Like, not much really goes on there. Everyone's, like, pretty calm and chill. Like, Hendersonville, it definitely sleeps at night. Like, LA, I feel like it's on go. Like, there's, you could get an Uber at any time, DoorDash at any time. But um, Hendersonville's just not like that. Tell me about Hendersonville, because uh, your closest city is Asheville, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andersonville is a it's a wonderful, quaint little town. My parents moved there when I was like ten. Um, I'm personally not the hugest fan of it, just because not much really goes on. It's kind of a weird place to be a teenager, but uh, I it's a beautiful place, like nature wise, aesthetic wise, it's freaking beautiful. But like I said, it's kind of slow. <laughs> yeah, I know that you got a lot of your musical education from the radio and then by like drilling down on SoundCloud. But when you were growing up, and, and you spent the first like nine, 10 years of your life in Florida, but when you were growing up, was there live music around you? Was, were you ever going out to shows with your friends playing music? Um, definitely not. So I, I um, actually had never been to a show. And the first show I ever went to was like a few weeks ago was Playboy Cardi. So it's it was it was cool. It was cool. Um, yeah, I've ne I'd never seen live music up until like recently. There was like never any live shows in Hendersonville. No, that, nothing I really wanted to see. I'm sure there were. I just really wasn't paying attention. I, I'm not like a big like country bluegrass type of music fan so i'm not gonna go see that type of show but um yeah <laughs> wait your first show was a playboy Carty show a few weeks ago yeah it was it was crazy we were like in this like different area because i don't know we we're just in a different area and uh he like walks up and gets on top of the camera booth and like starts performing his songs i'm like this guy's fucking nuts he's wearing like a donda mask i was like whoa this guy's crazy it was it was super sick to see though he's fucking amazing that's like a real trial by fire though man you didn't start off slow you just went straight into a playboy guy show nah it was uh yeah he was he had it going crazy he was playing like like he just played basically the whole lot of red like he just played a whole lot of red I, I just said the whole lot of red he just played a whole lot of red and it was like holy fuck and he played shooter he played some of his classics he didn't play magnolia which was like damn that kind of sucks but he definitely played some of his classics so i was happy everyone's going crazy it was it was awesome he he's he just screams like on the microphone he just goes yeah i'm like for, for real <laughs> Did you get to meet him afterwards? Oh, definitely not. I would be so scared. I, I don't know how I would handle meeting Playboy Cardi. Wait, so how close was you seeing your first ever concert to you performing your first ever concert? Like, probably like six days. Shit. <laughs> well, so I played a pop-up uh, like a few days ago for my EP coming out. But before that, uh, we were at this like party thing i don't know i don't really know what classifies as a party but we were there they're playing music and this guy named zach bia who's like a music person just a just a general internet person and he was like do you want to do a song so i was like that was actually the first time i'd ever like sung live in front of people but that wasn't like a performance it was just one song so but that was like i saw playboy cardi and then that was the next day so that was pretty crazy and then <clears throat> like three days later we got back and then two days later the pop-up was so it was like yeah i'd say like six days so it was it was like watching performing <laughs> that's wild you, i've seen you say before that you used to like do justin bieber songs in the mirror and stuff like you definitely like you had that <laughs> like that childhood pop star kind of thing but like when you're on stage for the first time you've only been to one live show do you feel pretty free when you're up there? Was it kind of a natural thing that you got up there and you were just like, it was just adrenaline? Yeah, well, the first like little performance, like the one song was like, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like going like this. <laughs> and then uh, for the pop-up, I was watching my friends perform and uh, I was like, wow, that's super sick. And I was definitely like thinking about it a little more, but at the end of the day, I was doing whatever 
like my I, I don't know that's kind of corny but like what my heart or like soul was like doing I was just kind of like I wasn't really thinking about it and looking back it was kind of just a blur like I don't really remember any specific moments I like have little pictures of what was going on but it was all just like I was super fucking hyped up I um gr I got a bottle of water I drank it and I thought this was so cool. I like threw the water on it and there was there was there there were some really amazing moments though. Uh this necklace, someone was like, I need you to have this necklace on stage. They were like handing it to me. So I still have it. Um hold, my mom is calling me. I'm gonna just <laughs> hold on one second. No, of course, Let me text her that I'll I'll call I'll call you in sorry. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> it's kinda of perfect, honestly, Ash. It's kinda of perfect that your mom is texting you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I got this. I got a ring. I'm not actually wearing it right now. Very sorry. But I was wearing it like all week. I have that. Somebody threw me a hat. This girl got on stage. She was like, I'm leaving in like 20 minutes. Can I please get a picture? I was like, okay. I was not going to be like, you can't get on the stage. So she was on stage. Um, it was crazy. But like, like I said, like, I don't really remember the whole thing. I just remember like specific moments. So, but, but it was like the best experience of my life. Probably the best night of my life was that pop-up show. I guess you're now starting to realize like even even though you've got like data and analytics to back it up you're now starting to really see what's happened over the last year and a half right like people are actually showing love to you like in person definitely that was the crazy thing was um so we posted about it like i posted i didn't i just posted on my story and my friends just posted on their story and we were like i hope like people come it was like a 150 person venue which is like was like i don't know if we're gonna get 150 people in here we had like 600 people in there and they were like you can't have any more people in here like you can't so they were like people in the alley like by the side watching it it was crazy it was like holy fuck i didn't realize that like this many people were like here like i didn't know like every like i i have like i posted about it on twitter and people were like i wish i could be there it was like nobody was like i'm gonna be there but there were just a fuck ton of people it was crazy um <clears throat> we had this wall that had like canvas on it and people were writing on it and the whole wall is like full like top to bottom with people's like text people wrote stuff people drew it was just it was, it was amazing to see like see people in real life for like the first time it was it was crazy that's brilliant is it even a year and a half since you released your first song on soundcloud must be now right yeah it's, it's getting close to probably a year and a half like soundcloud yeah probably a year and a half and then spotify i think i started put my first song on there in june so it's a little, it's like a year, a year and a bit. But my first like, like real, like releasing stuff was like last November. So it's getting close to like a full year since I've like been really like going, going for it. I mean, I think your fate at Gen F was already a year ago. It must've been before you had anything on Spotify. It was a real long time ago. I remember that. That was super crazy. <laughs> it's very easy to talk about the fact you've had a really, really quick rise. You were making music even if you weren't sharing it before the pandemic, right? Definitely. I wasn't like making like songs really. I was trying to make beats and I was also just really into music. And then when like the pandemic started, I was like, um, fuck, I'm gonna actually like try to make good, good songs. And then progressively I just got better at it. But I would say up until like Cypress Grove is when I started really like enjoying the stuff that I was making and putting out. And I was really proud of it. And then recently, like, All Dogs Go to Heaven has been, like, truly something that I'm, like, a really big, just a fan of in general. I mean, going back to those early things you were doing, you said before that you had the time, you were only doing, like, four hours of Zoom classes, right? So now you had the time to focus on your music, but what gave you the, 
the confidence in those early months of lockdown, early weeks of lockdown to say like, no, fuck it, I'm going to share this. Like people, people can hear it now. I don't care. I just, I made friends with some people that made music and um, seeing them put it out and seeing people like it was like, fuck it, I'm going to do it too. Uh, at first it was definitely like false confidence because it kind of sucked. But then over time, like the, uh, the confidence I had slowly but surely like matched the level of the music that I was making. And I think recently I've been like confident and the music has been like confident as well. So it's been a cool like coming together of stuff. One thing about Cypress Grove though, was it did seem like a, a really confident record. I mean, you were still 15 when you put that out, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, it came out like what, November 2020? So yeah, I was like, I was 15. That's, I mean, to me, like I'm twice your age and that's really, this is probably the oldest I've ever felt. I'm sure you're getting, you're hearing that <laughs> a lot from people. But, yeah, yeah, definitely like a lot of music people, they'll be like, damn. Cause it's not like I'm like, like 16, almost 17. It's like, I'm 15, I, I'm 16, was 15, which is the crazy part. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting for me. It's like watching a, <laughs> like watching a kid like who could be my child play for my favorite football team. And I'm like, I'm probably never going to play for that football team now. That's probably it for me. I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the moment? Like, I remember, you know, Fader put Astrid, I think, at seven on our songs of the year. And I was really stoked about that. And then Vice put it at number four. That there were all these moments on that little on that run you had up to I guess up to all dogs, but up to the start of this year. Was was there a moment when you realized that it was spinning a little bit out of control? Honestly, then no. Because uh I, I mean I was still just in my bedroom. Like I wasn't going outside. I, I, I'd say only recently I've been like, damn. Especially with All Dogs Go to Heaven, because it came out I think four days ago. So now this is what I feel like this project is the one that's like spinning stuff, not out of control, but like, it's definitely like Cypress Grove was like this. Oh, hold up. This is an audio interview. <laughs> Let me explain it audio Um, The Cypress Grove was like, and then all those go to him is like, bow. Like that doesn't like, uh, that's kind of the best way to explain it to, in my opinion. But um, it's just a lot bigger. Cypress Grove, again, was just in North Carolina, recorded everything in my bedroom and I didn't go outside, but like this one, it's like, I'm in LA, I'm getting recognized on the street. We had a huge pop-up with like a fuck ton of people. Some really crazy shit happened. It was just like, it's definitely a lot more like feasible or like real, but uh, yeah, I'd say the, that's only happened recently. <laughs> uh, you spent a lot of this year collaborating with other artists, like Eric Dioway, you did that single with Ren for short, and now that's a big part of all dogs. You're working with a bunch of different producers in studio, like getting different people's opinions on your work. Was that a difficult transition at first going from doing everything in Hendersonville to, to going big? Well, at first, so uh, the first time I went to a studio was with Nick, Nick Mira. And um, at first they had like an engineer and I was like, holy fuck. But then I, I realized like music, like if you go to a studio, they're there for you. Like, so I record everything, like every song, like every song on All Does Go To Heaven, every song I make now is all recorded on my laptop. This laptop I'm doing the interview on has every single song. I record them all myself. I engineer them all myself. The only thing I don't do now is like make the beats because like Nick Mira and all of them, they're all like crazy at it. So I'm going to let them do what they're amazingly talented at. I, I actually, not to give myself too much credit, but I've been making a few beats recently. I have a few songs on like my produced stuff. I'm pretty happy with them. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I still do everything the same. The setup, 
that I like record everything on is the same as it is in my bedroom. So it's not really any different. It's just you're in a, in a studio, but I'm still recording it all myself. I'm still mixing it all myself. I'm still doing all that. So, yeah. Have you had to be more assertive around people in the studio and saying like, no, you know what? This is the sound that I want to go for here. And like, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. Definitely. That's a common thing. Cause like you'll walk into like a session or something and people will like try to make like hyper pop. I just did quotations in there. I know this is an audio thing. You, I kind of have to be like, no, I don't do like, like the big EDM shit as much anymore. I want it to all be like, like really tasteful and really cool. But I've realized that that's what people want. Like they want you to be like, this is what I want to do. And uh, recently, I've just been like every single session I've been to, it's always just been like, this is what I want to do. I have a few ideas. Let's do this, this, this. I want the beat to sound like this, make it build here, yeah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've, I've been, and All Dogs was the first thing where I was like, I want it to sound like this. And then, especially recently, like post All Dogs Go to Heaven dropping, I've just been like, I know exactly what I want to do. I have a lot of ideas, do it exactly this way. It's interesting to hear you say, like, tasteful, and then with, like pulling your music back a little bit away from the super glitchy stuff. And there are more acoustic textures on this record. I mean, there was a lot of that on Cypress Grove as well, but like, take a song like All Dogs Go To Heaven, like the title track from, from this EP. You must be listening to a lot of stuff that came out before you were even born. Like what what are those what are the sounds that to you speak to something that is quote unquote like tasteful? Where are those acoustic textures coming from? Honestly, there's never really anything that I can like point to and be like, this is the type of shit I wanted to make. Because I feel like that in in if you do that, then you just you're just somebody else. Like you don't you're not making your own music. So I feel like everything has kind of come together. And like like you said, the outro track was just like I want to make something that's like beautiful and i had the idea to make a song that said all does go to heaven in it and i was like i want to make like a like a title track outro type of vibe and um the person that did the guitar zach greer who's also an amazingly talented artist um was just there with his guitar and he was playing it and it was beautiful and uh it but i, I was never like i want to make this song sound like that i was just like everything that i i enjoy and everything that i think is really cool kind of all pushes together and then I do it my own way that's that's what I normally do why did you want to make a song called all dogs go to heaven well I think the idea is super sick like all dogs go to heaven I think it's a really cool like sentence in general so I was like okay let's do that and then I think that the idea like the all dogs go to heaven but the people don't because we're selfish was a really cool line so I was like fuck it and then it it, it, it like ties the project really well together so I'm really happy with that one do you think it's fair to say that there's even a little bit more anger on this album? And it's not all directed outwards. There are some moments where you're like pretty upset with yourself here. Like detest me would be the obvious one.
it's very emotional, which I feel like has been a, a strong point of my music always. But this one, I've just improved a lot recently with like expressing what I'm actually trying to say, like words wise. That was kind of a dumb explanation, but like lyrically, I've been able to like say what exactly what I want to say. Also, I want to say this. It's kind of a rant, but like I write all my own songs completely by myself. Like every single word in these songs are by me. I hate when people on fucking Twitter tell me he doesn't write his own songs. He doesn't write his own songs. I sit there for like time trying to write these motherfuckers. So I would like to be like, I write these. I write the shit. So so that's why it's like it's it's me and like. I think I've said this in interviews before, but like I'm a pretty like happy person. You can kind of tell just from talking to me right now. I'm not like super like why, but when I'm making music, if I'm angry or if I'm like uh, upset about something, it just goes into that song and then I'm completely fine. So that's 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 what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but yeah. That sounds like incredibly healthy to be able to channel that. Yeah, it is. I mean, before I was like putting out music. I was like kind of like a like a like like I was like when I was like 10, 11, 12. So I was like a little serious. Like I didn't really talk that much. I was kind of like just like a little like sad little man, like a little young little sad guy. And then I started doing music and like creating shit. And I realized that it makes me like actually a thousand percent happier to like be like super emotional for just the time that I'm making it. I don't even need to be like super emotional. I'm just talking about shit that I've felt for a while and I put it into a song. And then after that. I don't even think about it. I'm completely fine. Like I'm like a pretty happy, upbeat person once I do the songs. If you're channeling all that stuff while you're writing, in the moment itself, when you're sitting there writing it, is that actually enjoyable? Is that fun for you? It depends on the song. Um, all does go to heaven. I was like pretty like for the singing it. I was kind of like choked up. I was kind of sad. But looking back, like it's, it's it's the actual recording of the song. I kind of like go into a completely different zone. I'm not even thinking about like anything other than finishing this song. My favorite part about making music is like listening to it after it's been made. So for the, sorry, I keep talking about all those, I having the outro track. I was in there for like two and a half hours making that song start to finish. Made it all in one night. I'm not exactly a fast recorder, so I was sitting there for hours, record all the layers, record everything. I recorded all myself. So I just had the guitar. I played it for like the people that were there. I think Zach was there, Zach Greer, a producer named Kim J, who is also did production on it. And then there's this company called Overcast who does YouTube video, like music videos. And uh, they were all there. They were just there because they're like my friends and they're friends with everybody there. So they were there and I played the song and just watching them like, like react to it was like my favorite part of recording that. It was like watching them feel the same way I felt about it. And I was, I was super happy with that, yeah. In the Gen F that we ran, Colin, who did the interview, asked you about how your mum feels about some of these songs. Because it was that was on Cypress Grove, but it was like, how, there's some, there's some pretty dark stuff in here. And that she understood your explanation when you were like, what you just said to me. Like, I'm, you know, I'm putting the dark stuff in there and it makes me happy. Like, is how was she on this record? How was she on all dogs? Like, I want to slam my head against the wall. It's a pretty, like, it's an upbeat sounding song. But like, you just read the lyrics cold and you're like, oh, wow. Is she, is she totally cool with it now? Yeah, she she really likes a lot of these. Her favorite song is um, Stephanie, I think.
to be fair, that's like a song that I would not lyric wise, I would not expect her to like it very much because it's like pretty like aggressive again. But um, yeah, she she gets it. She gets the vibe. She understands that like as long as I can do music, this is actually a story I don't think I've ever talked about before. But um, when I was like, I think this was Cypress Grove recording time, most of the songs in Cypress Grove that weren't already out, which is like the 2009 D&D, they were all made in like four days before the project came out. I was like working like really hard and making really cool shit for like four days and I was so tired. So this was <clears throat> the third day where I had four sessions in a row. This was the third day. My like XLR cord broke, which is what you use to like connect a microphone to an interface. And um, I was like, I told my mom that we need to go get it. It was like, <coughs> it was like nine o'clock at night. I was like, we need to go get this right now. And I think that's when she realized like, like I would, I just am immensely more happy when I like um, make music and like record it. And then, cause I was like, dude, I was, we need to go get this right now. We need, I was like crying. I was like, we need to go get this XLR cord right now. I was like so upset and she got it. And that's, that's, I think was the first time she realized like how much like music meant to me and how like much I put into it so I can be just like a pretty happy-go-lucky guy the rest of the time. How's that worked with, with other people? And you're like, obviously you've found a new community now and you're meeting new people all the time and lockdowns are sort of ending and you're able to travel a bit. But what's it like back in Hendersonville? You had to go back to school for a few days in Hendersonville, right? How was that? Yeah, um, sadly, I'm going back in six days as well. My school starts again. It's no joke, man. Yeah, I, I did go back to school for a little bit. Uh, prior people are really cool um i go to like a school where you have to like test into it like you have to have a certain test score to get into the school so most people there they don't give a fuck they're like i'm gonna go to college they want to be like doctors and shit i'm like fuck no so they're all cool i went back to like my actual like the public high school that i would have gone to if i didn't do the test and shit they were like going crazy they were fucking with it that was that was a cool one but like the school i actually go to they, they could give less of a fuck they're like Okay. I get a few weird stares. Somebody asked me for a picture in the bathroom one time, but like other than that, kids are pretty cool. They're cool about it. They they know that it exists. They're like, cool, good for him. But like, yeah, I don't know, but we'll see. I go back soon. When I when I went, I didn't have any tattoos and now I have two. So we'll see. We'll see. That's nice because I, you sort of expect that, especially when you're young, that like people's attitudes towards you will, will change. There'll be like some fake people around you, some like hangers on, but you've kind of avoided that. Yeah, there's definitely people like that, but I just don't talk to them. I don't, like it's very easy to fall into the trap of like you have like four people with you or like five, six, seven, especially if you get to be like a huge rapper, like you'll have like 50 people just falling around all the time. You have to pay for everything they do. I just don't want to do that. Um, so if somebody's like trying to like enter my life and do that, I'm like, I'm good. We can hang out at school, but other than that, I'm good. So I've definitely tried to avoid that as much as possible, and it's been going well so far. You were saying before about like you, you know, you're you're an outgoing, like pretty upbeat person. Music can, can sometimes be a reflection of a different side of you. How important is it to you know? You, you obviously put a lot of what you and and a lot of other people put a lot of work into your videos. Like your social media is. It's like you you're active in like a lot of different ways some of which are public some aren't how important is it for you to try and curate that properly like is music obviously music's your main focus but it's it's not the only focus right it needs to be an experience that's a little bit more rounded yeah 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 um so at first i didn't really realize that 
like when you get into like music as like a musician and you don't know anything you just like you just like music and you have no like industry like like people I don't know I don't know anybody that's part of the music industry like when I was when I first started I just met them through music so at first I didn't realize that I was like just make music like I don't understand what the video portion is but so at first all the videos were just like um I was like I like nature so let's just do it in nature so that was the first idea but now recently I've done everything myself I'm a big fan of clothes and I realized that if I make cool clothes for merch then I get it for free this blew my mind. I've done three merch drops. I did a crew neck, which is like just a Cypress Grove on it. I did a, and then I did a hoodie. The hoodie is just my writing all over the hoodie. And that was cool. I was a really big fan of that. And then the next stuff I have coming, I'm so excited for it. Honestly, I don't give a flying fuck if nobody else likes it. I'm so excited for it because I like did everything for it. Every single piece of it is done by me. So I'm like, I'm just excited because I get to wear it, to be honest. But that's like a, it's a good indication of like, that's how I feel kind of about everything. It's like, I just do it for myself because I think that stuff is cool. And so far, people have been agreeing that I've like, I haven't really done anything that's kind of like dumb. I, I don't think because I've been, I've done everything just the way I like it. And everyone else has been like, that's cool. So I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it. Is there anything about, being a professional, effectively full-time musician, I know you're at school as well, you're about to be, but is there anything about it that you've not enjoyed so far? I don't like going to parties. I think they're just not fun. You just kind of stand there and listen to music loud. Like I could do that in my house. Um, that's not like, that's like a personal thing though. Um, you don't have to go to parties. The only time I ever went to a party was because Zach Bia was like, I want you to perform your song. So I was like, fuck, I'll go. I wasn't having the, I was having a good time. He was playing some bangers, but I could definitely see like if I went to just a random party every day, I would not be having fun. Other than that, I mean, obviously there's some kind of weird people that are like, hey, hi, nice to meet you. I'm like, okay, I don't know you. But other than that, I mean, I'm having a blast. I, I, I have a good time with it. There's not, there's nothing where I'm like, this shit sucks. I'm just like, I'm having fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Obviously, there's a huge wave behind All Dogs Go to Heaven. Are you allowed to talk about what you've got coming with Eric? I think so. I've talked about it before, so hopefully. Um, me and Eric DOA have like a, a EP album. I don't really know what it is, but we have a body of work that is very, very special to me. It's been a long time coming. I think we recorded the first song like January 2nd, and it's just now like almost done. So it's been a long time coming. I love that guy, so I'm excited for that. And then you got to go back to school. I do. So I go back to school on the 16th. Um, I get back from LA on the 14th, I think. So I get back, I have a day, and then I go back to school. So the funny thing would be is I have this video coming out with a very wonderful uh, video company called Lyrical Lemonade. They are just super amazing guys. And if, if this happens how it's supposed to happen, the video comes out on the my first day back at school so i think that's pretty funny i'm like i'm gonna be in the middle like math class with the lyrical lemonade video coming out so i'm excited for that hopefully we have no idea what that happens but that's like what's that's what's next school shows and stuff uh lyrical lemonade festival is uh is is coming up soon it's like it's called summer smash it's gonna be super fun I'm gonna perform all the songs, all those go to heaven. I'm gonna have a blast. I'm super excited. We have a thing called MoMA, MoMA PS1. It's like in New York. Me and Eric are doing that. It's gonna be a blast. We've been practicing a lot recently for it. And I can tell you, just all the stuff that I have coming is 
super sick, and I've never been more excited about anything. So I'm uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Have you thought a lot about what you want your stage show to look like now that you've done a couple? This is the funny thing. Right before this and after this, we're doing the visuals for the for a festival right now. I was trying to get like all dogs go to heaven like text written out. Is this this is a, this is backwards? You can't see it because it's audio. But there's like we were just working on it. Um, I have a fuck ton of doodles that we're trying. So I've been working pretty, pretty damn hard on the uh, the visuals today. We're gonna try to get that wrapped up. But I've definitely been like I'm just trying to make everything that's around my music super cool. I, I feel like I've used the word tasteful a lot in this interview, but like tasteful and just super like shit that is like cool to me. And then hopefully other people like it. That's, that's what I've been trying to do. Definitely. Awesome. All right, Ash, I'm going to let you go. Actually, is there one song from All Dogs that you, you would like to play the podcast out with? Huh? I don't know. Um, my favorite song on the project is 1984. I'd be down for that one. I love that song. Thank you so much, Ash. I really appreciate your time, mate. And uh, I'm really excited to see what comes next. Thank you so freaking much for your time. It's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. <laughs> We're both crazy, but one of us is good at hiding it. But for right now, I fucking had a shit. And I fell in love with the finest things. The food, wine, and drinks. I still wasn't lying when I said that you meant everything to me. That was Glaive in conversation with The Fader. Glaive's new EP, All Dogs Go To Heaven, is out now via Interscope. Our engineer is Tony Giambroni, and our associate producer is Salvatore Mackey. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them online at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. Remember to follow The Fader interview wherever you listen to podcasts, and keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Fader Interview. Goodbye until then.